This episode of the Yoga Wine Bar podcast is brought to you by the Inner North Star PTSD Retreat Center in Julian, California, located one hour east of San Diego and a couple of hours from Orange County and Los Angeles. The Retreat Center offers no-cost PTSD retreats to active duty military, veterans, and first responders. This is a train-the-trainer program providing every individual who comes to the center with the skills needed to not only help themselves, but also to help someone else struggling with PTSD. This can either be done at their home, on their base or station, or in their community. Through the domino effect of training and support, we hope to find a way to lower the rate of suicide, which claims more lives than actual combat or in the line of duty as a first responder. The only way this program can be offered is through donations that can be made on the website. In addition to that, there's always a need for fundraising. So if you have that means of contribution, please reach out and help to find a way together to help support those who need and deserve it the most. For more information or to donate, please go to www.innernorthstarptsdretreatcenter.org. Again, that's www.innernorthstarptsdretreatcenter.org. All donations are tax deductible and truly will make a difference in someone's life. Welcome everybody to this episode of the Yoga Wine Bar. Today, I am so honored to bring you Rebecca Hopkins, sometimes going as Beck, as we will probably hear uh, once we have her jump in here and join the line. But before she does, I wanted to give you a little bit of a background and some things that I cannot wait for her to expand on because she's certainly got quite the diverse background. Now, let me tell you where she is now, and then we're going to go back, because that's really where I want her to start. So she's an experienced wine communication strategist, speaker, moderator, host, and writer. With a 25-year career in the wine business spanning Australia and the U.S., Rebecca founded and launched A Balanced Glass in March 2018, which, by the way, is how I found her. With a mission to provide education and resources to industry colleagues to help maintain health and well-being while working in the beverage alcohol industry. So you can imagine our crossover already is starting to happen as it relates to a love for wine and yet knowing that health and wellness must be on the forefront of all things. Now, as I said, we're going to roll back the hands of time here before we bring her on. This is what I find super fascinating. The inaugural Australian student winner of the Vin de Champagne Award given by the Champagne region's governing body. Rebecca has moderated and presented panels at Women of the Vine and Spirits, Vin Italy International, and Wine to Wine IT, been a guest speaker at Sonoma State University. The list goes on. But Rebecca, please take me back. What in the world was going on with your upbringing that you wind up being the winner of the Vin de Champagne Award? That's fascinating. <laughs> and by the way, welcome. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. It's, uh, it's terrific to be here. And, and thank you so much for the opportunity. It's, it's funny how uh, a girl from McLaren Vale, South Australia, which is a wine region um, in the South, uh, came from a non-wine drinking family and somehow ended up uh, doing what I'm doing today. And to your point, the, the Champagne Award in 96 was an interesting mix of determination and um, I'm going to prove you wrong. But 
I, I started in the wine business, actually, I studied at Adelaide University and I studied wine marketing and started working in the industry pretty much straight away in tasting rooms and in wine cellars. And through that, um, there was a short stint where I fell in love with a Tasmanian oyster farmer and moved to Tassie and then moved back rather swiftly, but really have always worked uh, in some form of role where marketing, selling or hospitality was always part of what I did. And the award in 1996 was the first student award given by the governing body. And I was working part-time for a wine importer and was I was interested in entering the award but was told quite quickly there's no way I would win and um, the time was too short. And so uh, kind of channeling the spirit I guess I have, I, I went and found a a mentor who had uh, a deep experience in champagne, put on my study boots and two weeks down the track wrote a paper that ended up winning a state award and went on to enter the national finals and uh, won that, which included a two-week study tour in Champagne, the region. Wow. So um, there are actually Vanda Champagne award winners and ambassadors around the world. Um, I was, the, you know, the first one in Australia. Australia actually indexes really high in the consumption of champagne. We're something like the sixth largest consuming country of champagne. No kidding. In the world. I mm-hmm. actually had no idea. Yep. So, yeah. so backing this up, you say you mm-hmm. don't come from a wine drinking family. Mm-hmm. So this just somehow became an interest. Correct. I was. I actually wanted to be a geologist. Um, and I had applied to um, university to do earth science, and I ended up in ag science, um, in wine, and, and thought that I could transition maybe after a year or two, and then literally fell into wine and never got out of it. And it, the earth science overlays very much into the work that I've always done in wine. That's where I'm really happy, is on the ground, uh, in the vineyards, you know, on the on the uh, the science side of things and the communications, marketing, sales side of things, I uh, ended up just supplementing what was pretty much a, a genuine curiosity and an interest. Fascinating. So I know that there's a, quite a bit of a span before we get from that period mm-hmm. to a balanced glass, mm-hmm. but I find your work there and the community that you've created uh, incredibly fascinating. So bring us fast forward to now to what, how you would best describe a balanced glass, what the mission is of that, and and what happened along the way that you said, this is absolutely needed in this industry and and I'm going to be the one to do it. Yeah, I, I think over the course of my career, I've certainly worked in different environments where relation, let's call them relationships to alcohol, were quite different. So whether that was working in a winery environment where you were very involved in the production side, whether it was working with an importer where you're representing someone's brand or you know, in a large company where your role is to communicate about it, there's a lot of different shades of, you know, gray in the terms of what's our relationship to the product that we sell. And over the years I'd seen and learned, we all have differing relationships with that in terms of what's our own discipline around being in a business where there is no shortage of constant ongoing um, opportunity to have, 
you know, a fairly deep relationship if you really want one with, with wine. And what I learned over the years was, you know, through trial and error, honestly, for myself, but also being with colleagues that we all have differing environments we come from. We bring different judgments to the industry. We have different experiences. In 2017, I went to a women's conference in Napa and there were 750 wine professional women in a room and no one was talking about alcohol. There's a lot of conversation about gender equality and um, implicit bias and important topics. But for me, I looked at it and said, why are we not talking about, you know, alcohol, its effect on physiology, on society, and how do we have long-term career success? And that really was my trigger because, you know, I didn't want my young nieces coming into an industry where they didn't have the knowledge, the information, and the mechanisms, if they chose to have a long-term career, to have all of that to be successful. And I, I got a bit cranky after that conference, and I wrote an article just, impl- just asking, why don't we talk about alcohol? And the response to it was published in a very large European wine trade magazine, and that response was overwhelming. There was men, women, young, old, winemaking to sales saying, oh, my goodness, you're right, we need to talk about it. But there's a lot of stigma attached to discussing, uh, you know, a a product that maybe not everyone honestly should be working with. So the the community side came to me to say, let's talk about this. And so 2018, I was invited back by the same conference that I'd actually been critical of, and they'd said, what would you like to do? And my practice in yoga and meditation, I said, you know, I think we really need to look at coping mechanisms to manage stress, and, and this, is you, this is what you do every day. I mean, all of your North Star work is, you know, it's so deep in this stress management and mindfulness environment. So it was a very simple concept of a breathwork and meditation workshop. And I worked on it with my colleague and, and friend and wine journalist, Kathy Hoyer, and her background is a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher, And we saw the community start to come and it was like, we've got something here. It's just a matter of providing the environment and the platform for people to come together in a way to start to collect all of that knowledge and that insight and find a space where people could start to be really honest with each other and get rid of the stigma and the hang-ups and the untruths. I think a lot of us carry around being involved in this kind of product. I agree. And you touched on so many different, really valuable pieces of information there. There's a couple of them I want to stop on and break down a little bit. So this article that you wrote, which Mm -hmm. uh, clearly was a bit of a game changer in the industry and and the launch of of an incredible uh, online community, which is very needed. But you and I exchanged emails and my Mm -hmm. background, of course, being in PTSD, and we overlap quite a bit here in yoga and meditation as well. But when we talk about mental health challenges and the stigma, whether it's around, uh, you know, uh, depression or alcoholism, Mm -hmm. a lot of times that can go hand in hand, but but Mm -hmm. raising one's hand to say, maybe I need some help, first of all, admitting that maybe we need some help, but certainly raising your hand and saying, you know, this thing is now bigger than me and I don't know how to take control of it. Are you finding that this community, it's easier when 
maybe we're not in a room in the public's eye and that we can share stories via the internet and it feels a little more safe that way, that we're not quite so vulnerable by being able to share things through the written word versus, as I said, in a, you know, maybe in a person-to-person uh, type setting. Are you finding people able to be more open and vulnerable in this community setting than what you would maybe in an, in an in-person conference? Or are you finding once you start the conversation, people just open up no matter where you are? I think the uh, the distance part of it is very much uh, is very useful, particularly for certain parts of the industry that haven't talked about issues. And it's not always the you know the the depth of you know alcoholism or mental health. Sometimes it's a young male winemaker in Australia talking about his probiotics that he has to take to keep his digestive health because he's eating you know, 50, 60, 100 berries every day during harvest. Right. And he's basically a fermenting mess. So it it really does span the whole gamut of I need help to sleep and I need, you know, while I'm traveling or I'm managing jet lag. Or to your point, I may be in too deep or I know someone who's in too deep. I don't even know where to start. And one thing with a balanced glass I've been really Uh, intentional on doing is saying we're not here as a professional organization but we absolutely can help connect you to those people and find those people and a lot of those cues are taken from the hospitality industry which is an even it's a different kind of intensity um, but you have that very high intensity um, um, uh, environment where you know depression absolutely um mental health, physical health, impacting to the point where we have people, our industry is so small, people are like, eh, not really sure I want to say something. So the point of being able to say, you know what, I got you, stay here, we'll go and find you help or we'll help connect you to people or we'll, we'll send you back out in another direction to work with, with someone who can help you there. Now, on this light, and we're going back again into your journey, obviously you had said that one of the ideas that you brought that seemed very logical and and, uh, where this conference needed to go with the meditation and breath work, Mm -hmm. what happened in your past that you you even, uh, whether you tripped across that, were introduced to it, but how did you find your way in life to these practices, which clearly you found beneficial, which we're going to get into next. But how did you even cross the path of yoga, meditation, breath work, and all of that? Mm, I'd had a, um, a, a group in Australia in McLaren Vale I'd worked quite deeply with on meditation, more in the um, shamanic practices. And that was really as part of a group who uh, were in the McLaren Vale community. And so there was a lot of study on Indigenous you know, Aboriginal uh, cultural ritual, I guess I'd call it, in terms of transpersonal work and shamanic work. But when I moved to the US, I lost all that connection and I needed to find something that would enable me to get back to being in my body, being able to go beyond my, you know, my waking consciousness. And I ended up in yoga, really starting from the, okay, I'm going to move my body and get embodied. But then the breath work came the deeper meditation came and I narrowed down my teachers to a couple of teachers that I would just follow and work with. And the asana became, the the physical practice became a lot less important. It was really the breath work and the meditation that, that got me into places when I could apply that to my daily life 
increasingly. And now it's gone from, I enjoy it to, oh my goodness, I need it. You know, I need it. And I always have those tools in everything I'm doing. So for you and I who have been around this world for decades, if you will, yep. not everybody listening is, even though if they've tripped across the yoga wine bar podcast, one think they either are or are interested, but for folks that maybe this isn't their background or mm -hmm. uh, something they've never done, how, how do you personally make this from uh, a Saturday morning class or a couple of days class to something that truly becomes your way of being? I'm a big, uh, number one, I'm an introvert. So I like to spend time in my own company and I'm a, a big reader. I read a lot. And I think to go from, to find a teacher that aligns with the philosophy of, of what I'm reading or, or parts that make sense to me, it was really important to me. So I will move from, yeah, yes, you can come out of a yoga class and feel good. You feel like you've worked. But for me, it's the intelligence of the body and the intelligence of connecting to something deeper that I can walk away and go, oh, that makes sense now. Or, oh, I can use that technique in a meeting, you know, the technique of a simple breath practice. I can use it in a meeting and, and it, I find that I can use it in real time. How you get there for me is a conscious, it's constant self-study because that's what I enjoy doing. And it's also finding a very small community that will help me in my path. So being around like-minded people has also been really important for me. Agreed. That's, I think, one of the biggest facets for me as well. I know when I went through yoga teacher training, the mm -hmm. people that were in that group, I mean, you know, they just wind up being family. And right. And it's like anything, right? You, you are the, the sum of the people you surround yourself with, uh, whether mm -hmm. that's at a bar, at a yoga mm -hmm. class, wherever that yeah. is, you're, you're all going to wind up being very like-minded for the mm -hmm. good or bad, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So along those lines, to stay balanced, to, to keep your semblance of even-headedness and that you can be the best for yourself as well as for others, what are things that are not negotiable for you? Meaning th these are the things that, that have got to be part of my life or I, I can feel in an instant uh, that the glass is no longer balanced. Yeah, for me, it's, um, it's barefoot, fresh air and fresh, and fresh food. Really? Um, I need, yeah, I need, uh, and, and it, it's easy, relatively easy for me because I can just get on a vineyard to do that. But I find if I've been traveling, I need to be barefoot, back on the earth and in a natural environment, that's non-negotiable. I couldn't live in the middle of a city with no garden or green space um, because I've tried it and it really doesn't do well for me mentally, physically or emotionally. I'm, I'm just not grounded. And so that is non-negotiable. I need, if I don't need to be somewhere outside of work hours in an environment with alcohol, I don't, I remove myself. I'm never out after midnight if I don't absolutely necessarily need to be. I just, I value my sleep and my self-care too much. And when I express that to people, it's understood and respected. You know, I've never had anyone disrespect that. Right. And I don't have a television and I much prefer the company of kids and dogs to <laughs> adults. <laughs> Very good. Should I point out that you didn't say cats? Okay. <laughs> dog yeah. person. I can get that. Go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my dog sitting right here would appreciate that very much for yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. So uh, along these lines of, of what it takes and maybe some things mm -hmm. that uh, other folks listening aren't exposed to, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. If someone is planning on jumping into a career, whether it's the hospitality industry or the alcohol industry, food and beverage, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. what are some things that you would say, here's, here's some things, guys, that I want to give you some advice on or not to take for granted or, or just keep this in your forefront because it may wind up being handy? What would that be? Yeah, I would say, first of all, be really honest about the your ability to work in an industry like this. You know, I think there is a realistic exposure if we're talking about bev alcohol, you will be, you know, in and around beverage alcohol daily. And it's really looking at your, your discipline and your self-awareness and understanding the culture of the company that you're going into and their relationship with it. And this is something that I've seen both sides of. I currently am in a culture which has a, a fantastically functional relationship and we have moderation, left, right, and center. But if you're young and coming into the industry, and I don't necessarily just mean in age, but I mean in career, and the you can be overwhelmed, overshadowed with the glamorous look and perception of the industry, but you really need to understand it's hard work. It takes a lot of discipline to be in it. And, you know, you have to really make your own self-care a a priority. In hospitality, um, you know, the challenge we have in, in this country is, of course, it's, it's, a, it's a transferable um, role at an entry level. And so, and you can make good money. And so it's, that comes down to finding your community when you're in those roles and really finding a community or a couple of people within your workplace that really are like you, are like-minded, and you find that little tribe and they're the people that you 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 work with because in hospitality that's you know it's family it's the same thing as what we have in you know yoga and meditation you're in the trenches with them you're in service you're in you are of service to your customers so find people that you want to be around and and keep an eye out for each other i think that's one thing the really caring for each other when you're in those environments and that's one thing the community has really our balanced glass community has really come forth in on and offline of being, hey, I saw X, Y, Z, I think they might be struggling or, mm, you know, I'm noticing certain behaviour. I mean, that's, that's deep trust um, and I think that's what we develop and we should develop for each other when we're in these kinds of industries. And if someone is listening and they're thinking, okay, she's, she's definitely convinced me. I'd like to learn more, <laughs> read more. How does somebody find out about your community and what you're doing and what you have coming up next? Where should they go? Sure. So we have um, abalanceglass.com, literally. That's the website. And on there, you can join the tribe. And that's uh, you sign up. And every week, in fact, I'm working on tomorrow's post, You'll receive um, a weekly post with a profile on someone in the community and places where we might be travelling to, articles that we're reading, but a way to start to bring you into the community and intentionally, again, putting, when we profile people in the community, they give us access to them. So you can make direct contact with someone if you read their profile and they're interested in kettlebell training or transcendental meditation or their celiac or, you know, whatever that may be, that's part of what we do. There's a Facebook group, not a page, but a Facebook group for A Balanced Glass. And, you know, on Instagram and the social channels. Um, I had my first meetup last year, actually, at Aspen Food and Wine 
uh, which was, you know, it's a wine festival, it's a busy time, and it was just, all right, guys, we're going to practice at the bottom of Aspen Mountain at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning. If you're interested, let's do it. And it was fantastic to just be with other industry folks because that's when you learn, oh, you know, you practice or, oh, you're a runner or whatever, giving people another connection point in the community that isn't wine, that isn't just product, that isn't, you know, based on their role. Exactly. Now, with everything that you've done and constantly expanding, uh, even what you're saying right now of meetups, literally you travel the globe and the Mm -hmm. level of influence you have is phenomenal. Let's fast forward now and you're looking back over your life. What do you want your legacy to be? I want us to remove the stigma of may of not being okay with being in an industry that we may love. And I want there to be an infrastructure in a community that is non-judgmental, that helps people be successful for the long term. Because we deserve to attract and retain the brightest minds. The wine industry is a phenomenal place to be, but we need to provide more tools and resources from employers We need to open up the community to have safe spaces and we need to encourage people into the industry. And so if if that happens somehow through the A Balanced Glass platform, that's a great thing. Well, I hope everybody out there uh, is going to take the time to go jump over to this website. It really is fantastic. <laughs> the stories are phenomenal. It's, it's now my new go-to guilty pleasure. Uh, <laughs> instead of trolling through Facebook or whatever else, it's these stories. It's uh, the work you're doing really is phenomenal and deeply appreciated. So thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, and we end every podcast on the same lighter note, if you will, since this is the Yoga Wine Bar podcast and bringing mindfulness into everything you do, which is the moments that we have with our fellow tribesmen, the moments that we have with our truest, deepest friends that we can be honest and vulnerable with, whether that's something very deeply personal and profound or just light and fun at a time when maybe life is challenging and you've got a great friend that always picks up your spirits. That said, for you, what is a memory or a time, whether that's over a bottle or a glass or two, that you've shared with a friend where you've said, you know what, it's these moments right here. This story is what makes everything worthwhile. Um, goodness. I would say one that certainly... Um, still gets me going is um, a couple of years ago I um, was heading back home to Australia to see my family and I I work now with Michael Mondavi and he gave me a bottle of Robert Mondavi Reserve Cabernet for my birth year which was an old bottle of wine and he insisted that I take it home to share with my family and I carried that thing like the crown jewels and I took it home for my first meal with my mom and my dad, my brother, my nieces. And uh, it was a very simple Aussie barbecue, which is what our family likes to eat. And I opened this bottle and what really struck me was here was something made by someone I deeply admire and respect. And I'm 15,000 miles across the world sitting with my family who I only see 10 days a year. But all of a sudden that, that world of mine just came so close. 
And it was just that moment of like, God, I'm so grateful for what I do. And I'm grateful to be able to share this experience with people that I love and people that I respect. And all of this gives me the ability to bring it all together and then go back out in the world and and do it all again. And I hope that through your uh, blogs, A Balanced Glass, and your community, and through this podcast, we continue to remind people that that's what it's about, is being present and in the moment and being grateful for what is right before us, not not what happened 20 years ago or what may happen someday, but in this moment, what we have. And you do that so Mm. beautifully. So Mm. I truly want to thank you for your time here uh, today. It's been phenomenal. And for everybody listening, uh, you know, Uh, stop your car, uh, grab your phone and jump over to her website and join the community. Really, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, Michelle. It's been such an honor to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the Yoga Wine Bar Podcast. This episode of the Yoga Wine Bar Podcast was brought to you by Inner North Star and the North Star Retreat Center. Reminding you that the next person you meet, that next conversation you have over a glass of wine could be the one that changes your life. Stay present and cheers to making every moment matter.